Hey everybody, welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter, and regularly we'll be catching up with a variety of guests from CISOs, entrepreneurs, VCs, new people into the industry, and more. Each sharing their story, industry knowledge, and advice on how others can navigate success in their career. So sit back, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. So today we're here with Offer Schreiber. Offer is the partner and head of the Israel office for YL Ventures. Offer, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Ricky. Glad to be here. Brilliant. So I've noticed some really interesting stuff. Like we only connected maybe about a month or two ago, and you're very involved in the, I guess, well, you're very dedicated to the security industry and do some really interesting stuff. And I'd love to just learn a bit more about that and share a bit of insight into the, the venture capital world and, and sort of what companies look for and, and how you look for investments. So if you don't mind, the like, first question always is, who are you? Yeah, great. My name is Ofer Shahid, partner in Wild Ventures. We are a venture capital firm operating since 2007. We have offices in Silicon Valley and, and in Tel Aviv. I joined the firm in 2009, so more than a decade in venture capital industry. Started my way as, as a you know, part-time analyst and, and grew within the firm, became a partner when we raised our second fund in 2013. And I'm heading our Israeli office. These days, Wild Ventures is a 16 people employees, a company, around a split between Israel and, and the US. So I'm in charge of all the Israeli operations. We invest in Israeli startups by definition. So all the all the investments that we've made, those are 18. All of them are Israeli with Israeli entrepreneurs. And so I'm mostly in charge of being in touch with the Israeli entrepreneurial community. You know, I'm in charge of our deal flow, finding the investment opportunities, and of course all the all the processes with the with the Israeli entrepreneurs until investment. I also serve on the board of several of our portfolio companies as, as a board member and, and a board observer. So, you know, managing our uh, investments throughout the, the, their entire life. Cool. So, you know a thing or two about startups? <laughs> a thing or two. Yeah, you can say that. Good. So, how did you get started in investing? Right, that's actually a, a, funny, a funny question. I Initially, my career started in in the Israeli military, as many many Israelis do, I served in Unit A200, largest technological unit of the Israeli Intelligence Corps. Many people know it around the world as the cybersecurity unit of, of the IDF. After that, I uh, actually studied law, so I have, a, I have a law degree in Tel Aviv University. During the degree, I worked in, a, in an Israeli research company that researches the Israeli high tech and venture capital industry. No, I quickly understood that this is a much more interesting space than being a lawyer. And I looked for, uh, for the right opportunity to, to join an, an interesting firm. And Wild Ventures was an amazing opportunity for me. Back then, Wild Ventures was a much smaller firm. And I was the first person in Israel. And, you know, I joined as, as an analyst, like, you know, providing like deal flow and access to investment opportunities here in Israel. And my, I guess that uh, the story of my growth is almost the story of Wild Ventures growth as, as a firm. Um, awesome. So that's, uh, that's the story, yeah. Yes, yeah, so if you don't mind, set, set us about that. Great, yeah. So, so Wild Ventures, as mentioned, was founded in 2007 by uh, Yuval Ledersdorf, is the founding and managing partner 
of the firm is based in Silicon Valley, former serial, serial entrepreneur turned into investor. And for quite a few years, Wild Ventures was basically a two-man operation. You have in the U.S., myself in Israel, and, and that was that. Our first hire was in 2015 when I hired an analyst to, my, to the office here, here in Israel. And as I mentioned, now we're 16 people in, in both locations. The main reason that we grew is, now first, because we make more investments and you need more people. The second and, I guess, more important reason is that throughout the years, we've built a strategy of being the best value-add investor for Israeli startups. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of VCs talk about value-add, which means, you know, what can you, how can you help to your portfolio company beyond, beyond money, beyond writing a big check? And we've built several value-add programs that are very, very helpful to Israeli startups. And these days, very specifically to cybersecurity entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. if you look at the typical Israeli cybersecurity entrepreneur, you'd say that they're very, very technical. You know, they come with a very strong R&D cybersecurity background. They don't necessarily have sales, marketing, business development backgrounds. And they're based in Israel, while their target market is usually the U.S. or you know, global markets in general. And so you know, we've built a very strong network, mostly in the U.S., of cybersecurity professionals, mostly CISOs, you know, chief information officers, panel partners, other venture firms that like to invest in cybersecurity. We have great connections to all the strategic vendors and the large security companies start with partnerships, but ultimately become the potential acquirers of our portfolio companies. And what we're doing now in a very good and efficient way is providing access to this network to Israeli entrepreneurs in very early stages. And we do it before we invest. So as part of our due diligence process, we can very easily put you know, two, three guys with an interesting idea in front of five, 10, sometimes even 20 CISOs to get their feedback to do that deep market validation that we need and oftentimes entrepreneurs need in those early stages. And of course, post-investment, we're very active with everything related to go-to-market, right? So a lot of customer introductions, business development, support, marketing. You know, one of the interesting things that we have in Wild Ventures, we have a a full-blown marketing team. And they, of course, do all our own marketing, branding, and so on. But they are the marketing arm of every company of ours in the first, I'd say, 12 to 18 months of, of the company's life, right? We orchestrate a lot of marketing activities, such as, you know, launching the company and doing the, the PR and social media campaigns and all those things. So you can think about Wild Ventures these days as a service provider, which throughout the years built a lot of capabilities that complement the unique skill sets of the entrepreneurs that we invest in. So these days, Wild Ventures invests only in one sector, in cybersecurity. And as I told before, we like to invest in the, I guess, the most brilliant cybersecurity technologists in Israel. And that's what makes them special, their ability to develop and build deep technologies, interesting products, solving really big problems. And we complement them with our own skill sets, which is more about go-to-market and commercialization of their technology. Makes sense. I guess looking around this sort of timeline here, so obviously a couple of years ago, you had your Series C with Twistlock. 
and then well uh, less than a year or a year later then you managed to i guess be involved in the south to palo alto yes twistlock is a great example of of our strategy and how we operate you know we invested in twistlock back in 2015 we invested in two entrepreneurs, you know, Ben and Dima. <laughs> back then, they had a crazy idea about securing virtual containers, securing Docker. Back then, there weren't a lot of people that knew what containers are. Yeah, five uh, years so, ago, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there, there were a few, there were several assumptions that we've made back then. We call them even uh, bets, maybe, about, you know, if containers will really pick up and will enterprise customers will adopt this technology? Will they need a dedicated security product? There was also a question whether Docker provide sufficient security for, for containers. So there are there several assumptions back then. Now, luckily for us, all of them checked out really, really quickly. And the company grew really, really fast. And you know, we led the seed round back then, we participated in every, every follow-on round. And of course, we provided a lot of support to the entrepreneurs and to the entire team. So the company raised $63 million in total over several funding rounds. And yeah, and last year it was acquired by Palo Alto Networks for more than $410 million. Obviously a great outcome to everybody. And that was the, the biggest outcome we had so far. We had, we had other, other very good exits in other, other portfolio companies. And our, in our current portfolio, I mean, I guess that Twistlock is kind of the benchmark of how we look at seed stage investments in Israeli cybersecurity companies. I think that's the goal that we set to ourselves. That's how we look at you know, investment opportunities. When we meet you know, two, three guys who um, share with us an interesting idea they have, we have to see that, that potential to, to grow and to become a, basically a category leader. You know, Twistlock was the first vendor to provide security for containers and for cloud-native architecture in general. I think that we have you know, several, several companies with similar trajectory in our current portfolio. That's awesome. So obviously you look at cyber companies, but what, what do you look for in new investments or how, how do you hunt for those new investments as well? So you know, we invest in seed stage. So there is, there is a lot at stage that we invest. There are, there are two two main ingredients. First ingredient is the team, and the second ingredient is the problem space. Right? And those are the things that we try to evaluate when we diligence a new investment opportunity. So I guess that between, between the two, I mean, both of them are important. We put a lot of emphasis on the team. We'd like to invest in the best and the most brilliant cybersecurity technologies in Israel. Like real domain expertise is something that is very important for us. That's one thing. Second thing, of course, is the ability to, to build a company. So, you know, there are a lot of strong technologists out there. But they're not, not necessarily the best entrepreneurs and they don't have what it takes to, to become good CEOs. So we try to evaluate these, you know, these capabilities, like really deep understanding of the cybersecurity market and, and the technologies around it. And, you know, the ability to, to build a company, right? Sometimes you can't find all these qualities in one person. That's why we always like to invest in a team. Several Sense. people with uh, yeah, complementing skill sets and, and capabilities. So, you know, diligencing the, the founders themselves is something that is very important for us during, the, during those stages. 
That's one of, one of the reasons that we only invest in Israel. You know, we have a very good network here. We're very well connected to Israeli cybersecurity community in general. And so our ability to reference cybersecurity entrepreneurs and speak with people that, you know, worked with them, managed them in the past, maybe served with them in the military in the same, in the same unit, that's oftentimes the case. We kind of get a 360 perspective of, of the people that we are interested to partner with, right? You know, um, seed investment is a long-term, long-term relationship. Uh, these are people that we're going to work with very closely for the next, you know, five, seven years, sometimes even more than that. Yeah. And so look, we look for that, you know, unique domain expertise, the ability to, you know, the hunger and the motivation, the ability to recruit amazing people. That's also an important thing of the, the cybersecurity industry very competitive in many aspects, including hiring the best talent. And also there's, there's you know, personal chemistry, right? Uh, sometimes it just, it's a, you know, things just don't click between you. And again, uh, this is a long-term relationship. So the, we put a lot of emphasis on the team because that's the most important ingredient at, at the stage that we invest in. The second ingredient, obviously, is, is the problem space. There are a lot of problems in cybersecurity, as I'm sure, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you know. And that's, that creates a lot, of, a lot of issues. You know, um, customers have a lot, of, a lot of problems, but they don't have enough budget or attention to solve all of them. Right? So you really have to make sure that you're trying to tackle a big enough problem that will get you know, customers' attention and, and eventually budget. Right? So this is, some, this is the second thing that we put a lot of emphasis on, and, and that's where we are relying a lot on our network and our ability to ask a lot of potential customers what do they think to get their feedback have them speak directly with the entrepreneurs and you know ask them the, the hard question hard questions and so on and that's that's also very helpful for us now that we're only focused on one sector which is cybersecurity it helps us to develop our own you know domain expertise and kind of hunch regarding what are the most pressing or burning issues in cybersecurity and so you know once we encounter a team we feel they're very strong. That is aiming to solve a problem that we already know that it's big, it's interesting, and there are not a lot of uh, good solutions out there. We get very excited very quickly and can, can move forward quite aggressively. In terms of that moving quickly, how, how often or in terms of timeframes, how quickly do things move from sort of concept or idea to investment and actually getting things moving? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And yeah. I guess it really depends on the stage that we encounter entrepreneurs, how ready they are for, for an investment. Uh, from perspective, I can say that we can move very quickly. I mean, it's, uh, we, we count, I guess that we count, we count it in from the, our first meeting with entrepreneurs until we, we can you know, provide a term sheet. That's the reason of, of several, several things. I, I would say that you know, our focus really helps us. Um, you know, we run very tight processes. We know what we need to do in order to to get to that conviction level that yes, this is a this is a team that we'd like to to back. You know, sometimes we meet founding teams in very very early stages. You know, when they maybe they maybe they just formed up. Maybe they're still looking for an interesting problem space to tackle. Oh, and wow. that that these are these are these are. A bit longer, longer processes, and yeah. we provide a lot of value in, in those stages as well. Uh, you know, in those ideation stages, we have several resources that 
that we can put for them in order to help them identify interesting problem spaces. One of the, um, one of the best resources we have is actually, we have a, a CISO in residence, so a full-time cybersecurity professional in our firm. One of his roles is actually to work with brilliant entrepreneurs in, in very early stages in order to help them identify interesting problem spaces. Our CISO in residence is Sunil Yu. Sunil joined us several months ago. He was the, for, 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 for several years before that, he was the chief security scientist of, of Bank of America. Yep. He's the most profound cybersecurity professional I ever uh, worked with. Kind of knows everything in cybersecurity inside <laughs> out. And he's been tremendous support to our existing portfolio companies and to Israel entrepreneurs who are just trying to understand, you know, what are the most pressing issues in cybersecurity? I guess that's the, that's the bottleneck these days. Like really, cybersecurity is a very crowded space in general. There are a lot of startups, a lot of vendors, like every new category becomes crowded very quickly. And, you know, the ability to identify emerging problems, kind of similar to, to Twistlock back then, you know, that's, that becomes harder and harder. And having someone who's so profound, who's so knowledgeable, like Sunil, provides us a lot of value for sure. And, and to entrepreneurs who want to do something really interesting and innovative in cybersecurity. Time for a quick break. I'm Ricky Burke. In my full-time role, I'm the founder and director of CyberSec People, a leading cybersecurity recruitment company, where we support organizations across the US and APAC in hiring cybersecurity talent. Through our connections and reach into the security community, our deep industry knowledge, we save organizations time when hiring. We have a 98% success rate and a three-year track record that demonstrates we only have to send, on average, two applicants to find success. If your organization is hiring, reach out as we'd love to discuss what that means for you. In the meantime, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Costa, I was very impressed talking of, I guess, in-house and then you've got your advisors as well. You've got a very strong network of people. Yeah, exactly. This is something that we've been working very hard on for the past few years, really building our, our close network. Our venture advisors program currently has, I guess, slightly less than 90 CISOs, mostly from US-based uh, enterprise uh, organizations. And they're like, they're like our closest community. These are the guys that we put in front entrepreneurs in very early stages to get, to get feedback get that market validation that we need. We also do like quarterly sessions with our advisors and without entrepreneurs kind of asking them, what do they see in the market? What are some interesting um, uh, opportunities? What are the challenges that they're facing? So as mentioned before, we leverage a lot our network and it helps us to become better cybersecurity investors, more well-informed, more professional. And it it serves a lot of value to Israeli entrepreneurs in early stages, both to our portfolio companies. You know, a lot of, a lot of our advisors become you know, design partners and first customers to our portfolio companies. And they really help entrepreneurs to shape up, you know, the, the product, in the, the first versions of the product. And, you know, when you speak about, when you talk about Israeli entrepreneurs, what, what, do they, what do they need in order to, to succeed? So you know, traditionally, they're very technical. They can build amazing technologies for sure. But they're based in Israel, right? And they're, they're far from their target market. So getting a lot of traction with, with their target market is usually where 
they need for help. And that's why we've built our Venture Advisors program. That's why we have seven people full-time in the U.S., mostly working on business development for our portfolio companies and to extend our cybersecurity network and providing access to it to Israeli entrepreneurs. So as you know, it, it all goes back to being a value-add investor to Israeli cybersecurity entrepreneurs and complement their unique skill sets with other, other capabilities that will help them you know, first identify what are the biggest problems in the cybersecurity industry, talk with a lot of, be in touch with a lot of customers and build the right channels and go-to-market strategy in order to yes, transform their technological capabilities into commercial products, into large businesses eventually. Uh, that's the aim. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the word transform, and I, I guess over the last four, five, six months, the world has transformed quite a bit. How is that impacting, I guess, the business from your perspective of maybe future investments or even the, the companies that you work with? We did spend a lot of time you know, thinking about it and, and talking about it, communicating our thoughts to, um, you know, to the global cybersecurity industry and to, to the Israeli entrepreneurial community in particular. So obviously, obviously there were several changes. I mean, we can't <laughs> can't disregard it completely, right? The entire work from home and and, and remote work and and so on. But I think that I think at the end of the day, it didn't change much, at least for the cybersecurity industry. You know, obviously during the past couple of months, customers the, we we saw a lot of customers that either you know stopped engagement with uh, new vendors or had trouble you know, uh, buying new products and so on. I mean, that's, that's given. But I think that's changing. We're seeing it across our portfolio. Our pro companies you know, are selling, are engaging with, with new customers, new opportunities, and so on. And eventually, you, know, you still need cybersecurity. That's the, that's the truth. You know, people ask whether, whether that will change cybersecurity industry are there any new needs or different requirements security requirements and you know my my general my general answer would be no it's pretty much the same working from home and remote workforce and cloud migration are not new trends it is it is true that the you know the pandemic accelerated those trends and kind of forced organizations to deal with those things. But these are not new trends. Securing the cloud, whether the cloud infrastructure or cloud applications, you know, SaaS is not a new trend. Securing connectivity of employees to your business applications, you know, it's not a new trend. You know, zero trust, networking, access, and all these, all these recent buzzwords, they haven't started a couple of months ago. Uh, so, so yeah, we've seen we've seen an acceleration of those things, you know, phishing email, phishing campaigns, endpoint security, all these things that are really required in order to enable almost normal life, or at least uh, almost normal uh, business operations. They're not they're not new trends, and so from an investor's perspective, I don't think that. I mean, we haven't changed our focus dramatically. It's, it's the same. It's the same trends. It's the same challenges, but you know, accelerated a little bit more than than anticipated. And everything regarding, I mean, related to engaging with prospects. So yeah, there are there are no like face to face uh, meetings. 
a lot of the marketing activities or this marketing budgets were shifted from you know, field marketing conferences and so on to online digital webinars, online content, and so on. Inside sales, again, is not, is not a new trend, right? All our portfolio companies have been selling remotely for the past few years. These are not like uh, completely different things, but it's, yes, it's a bit different. Yeah, it, like I say, it's different, but the problems haven't gone away. Exactly. Haven't, haven't changed too greatly either. Yeah. So talking about Israeli entrepreneurs, and I feel that you're pretty well placed to talk about this. So again, having come from Unit Eight Two Hundred yourself, in your opinion, what, why do we see so much success, particularly in cybersecurity, come out of Unit Eight Two Hundred and also Israel in general? You know, so so for for the people who who are not familiar with a two hundred. That's actually the largest unit in the Israeli intelligence corps. Now there, it's known for for being the, the cybersecurity unit. But for many years, it wasn't dedicated to cybersecurity. To cybersecurity specifically, it's the signal intelligence unit, kind of the equivalent to the to the NSA in the US. And for many years, for many years, a two hundred is known to be able to recruit the like the best technologists out there in Israel. Serving in the military is compulsory in Israel. So uh, every every person serves at least uh, every you know re- three years for boys and, and uh, two years for, for girls. And A two hundred was able is is able to recruit a lot of very very smart people with a lot of you know computer science, mathematics, physics background. And throughout the years, A two hundred. Basically, is is operating kind of like a tech company, right? or even a startup. There's a lot of like entrepreneurial mentality within within that unit. Many teams work almost like startups, and that I think that people that that serve in the unit learn a lot about entrepreneurship, about working independently, about working in a very pressured environment. And they thrive in those conditions. And when they get released from, from the military, they have a lot of entrepreneurial passion that translates into, um, into startups. And specifically about cybersecurity, I would say that A200 and, and a few other, other smaller units, but let's, let's call it A200 in, in general, it's one, of, it's one of the best cybersecurity schools in the world. You know, think about people that recruited to the to to there at the age of 18 19 uh, they serve there for at least three years but many of them serve for for more than that so between between three to ten years and they get exposure to the most cutting edge cybersecurity technologies in the world right mostly from the offensive side but also when, when, but when you get deep familiarity with the offensive side of cybersecurity, you also get some perspective about the, the defensive side. Right? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a great balance. Yeah, and they're they're you know equipped with a very unique knowledge and and technological skills that you know at the end of the day there are not a lot of people in the world that have that knowledge, and so they're able to to innovate and to develop very, very unique, deep technologies around cybersecurity is, is known around the world. 
And, you know, you combine, combine that with the entrepreneurial reality that we have in Israel in general, but in, in A200 specifically, and you get, you know, a great environment for a startup. Out of interest, if you can share, that is. I mean, what's because you, you mentioned it like a sort of like a school. I guess what's the the training and what's the the emphasis on in terms of developing, you know, well rounded, skilled, technical people. Yeah, so there are there are um, you know, training several training courses in those units that basically train people for for cybersecurity professions. You know, they they're able to recruit. You know bright technologies, bright uh, prospect, and they have really, really great training courses that really accelerate the learning curve of someone that, you know, maybe they don't have any prior cybersecurity knowledge, but, you know, they have, I, I don't know, computer science degree, you know, people that studied computer science degree when they were in high school. Right. Uh, not necessarily focused on cybersecurity, but, you know, these are just like very, very smart guys, and they are trained in various cybersecurity professions, and then they 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 work in they work in it you know day in day out for several years, and they start like really hands-on developers, which researchers, engineers, and so on, and then they progress to be you know team leaders and managers and so on. So they also get a lot of uh, managerial experience in how to manage. Cybersecurity teams, R and D teams, how to run operations within you know uh, within the military is a bit a bit different than uh, managing a team in, in a startup. But even so, they get a lot of exposure to the skills that are also required in order to build a, a successful company. Fantastic. So going on to build successful companies what do you think makes a successful entrepreneur an interesting question there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of ways to think about a lot of ways to think about it i try to be a, little, a bit a bit philosophical about it i think that successful entrepreneurs are people that have many say contradicting qualities within themselves and i'll give you some some examples so I think that a good entrepreneur is someone who's very visionary, right? He, you know, they can you know, think long-term, build a very big and bold vision for, for the years to come, right? That's, that's an important thing. But on the other hand, they have to be like super down-to-earth, detail-oriented, you know, build that you know, budget on Excel and know exactly you know, what's on cell A28 and so on. Otherwise, they just lose, lose control over the, the business. Oftentimes, these qualities are, you can't find these two things in the same person. But if you do, I think that's, that's a very good thing for an entrepreneur. You know, a second, second example, I think that entrepreneurs have to be very flexible and open. You know, they have to take a lot of feedback. You, know, you talk with customers, you talk with investors, you hear a lot of different opinions. You have to be able to kind of merge a lot of feedback that you hear into what you want to build. That's very important. But on the other hand, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have kind of that, that mentality of, I know better than everybody else, right? Otherwise, I mean, you're building something that nobody ever built. So it means that you have a unique perspective on the world. and You identified something that others haven't identified. 
So it means that you know you probably know something that others don't. So you have to be very confident in yourself. And even when somebody tells you, you know, that's 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 wrong, that's a stupid idea, and so on, uh, you have to have enough confidence. And I would say a little bit cocky in order to be a good CEO, in order to lead an organization and also lead, you know, lead people on your uh, on executing your own vision. So again, being very flexible and open to feedback, but on the other hand, being very, very confident in your abilities and your own vision, these are these can be uh, conflicting sometimes, right? Uh, and the right, yeah, and and great entrepreneurs are people that have those skill sets, and they're able to you know they understand what's the right timing to do to act like that, and what's the right timing to implement out of the contradicting. That's interesting, and I and I guess that's why it helps sometimes when you have maybe teams of people bringing different skill sets exactly. and qualities right. together. Right. Yeah, and you always see you know entrepreneurs that that really complement each other. As mentioned, it's hard to find those skills within one person. So you have like two co-founders, and one is like more passionate, and the other one is kind of settling settling them down and kind of more um, feet on the ground, and they complement each other. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So what advice would you give maybe to any aspiring entrepreneurs that maybe you're looking for investment or looking to go from sort of concepts to generating interest in, in what they're doing? Yeah. So first of all, talking with customers is the most important thing. Validating your concept or your product with customers is top priority. It's never too early to speak with customers and share share your thoughts and get feedback. You know, I Oftentimes, I encounter entrepreneurs who are working on something, but they're kind of cagey about it. They don't want to share to share it with with investor, other investors, or or with customers, and so on. I think that's that's a big mistake. You know, sometimes entrepreneurs fear that you know people will kind of steal their idea. I always think it's a it's a very big mistake because your success is not going to be based on your idea, your initial idea. <laughs> Yeah. Which, which will probably going to change many, many times throughout the process, but it's mostly about the execution of, of the idea. I mean, there are plenty of great ideas, but people who can execute them, there aren't a lot of those out there. So getting feedback from, from the market, getting traction early, early on is, is super important. And specifically about engaging with investors, my biggest tip for entrepreneurs is do your homework, do your research. And it, it, it relates to, to everything. First of all, uh, research the, the investors that you like to speak with. At the basic level, make sure that the investors are interested in, in the field that you're operating in, right? So, so, for example, we only, these days, Wild Ventures invest only in cybersecurity. I would be very surprised or disappointed if an entrepreneur who is doing something in, uh, I don't know, in uh, in developing a medical device will approach me for a potential investment. It's just outside of my scope. And it's also a waste of time for, for me and, and them, right? So do your research, get kind of like a short list of investors that you'd like to speak with because you understand that they're well familiar with the space that you're working on. Maybe they invested in several companies in the past and so they have great experience and connections and, and domain expertise. And they, they invest in the stage that you're at, you know. So kind of be narrow, narrow the list with the best investors that, that you'd like to, to work with. 
And then when you when you have when you meet uh, investors, you have to be you have to be ready. You know uh, when you kind of present your uh, when you walk through your presentation and you pop up uh, numbers and and competitors talk about your budget, you talk about your pricing model. There are many things that you can talk about. You have to be profound. I mean, investors just, you know, they're waiting to ask you that one question that you were not really ready for. That's a major turnoff for an investor. When you ask a hard question and you understand that the entrepreneur is just not ready, not ready for that. Now, you have to be, obviously, when, you know, when we talk, when we invest in, in, in seed stage companies, obviously, you don't have answers to all the questions, right? Still, perhaps you don't know exactly what would be the pricing model. Maybe there are other, other questions that you're not really sure of. That's fine. That's early stage. I mean, that's, that's the game. But you have to be very transparent about it. And that's, that's where you know, we as investors get comfort from the domain expertise of the, of the entrepreneur. So let's say that there are a few technological challenges that we identified and, and, and we're not really sure how to solve them. And the entrepreneurs are not really sure how to solve them because they, they're in super early stage and that's fine. But if these guys are super strong technologists with great references and so on, we look at them and say, okay, you know, we understand that we don't know everything now, but we count on you guys because we, we understand that you'll be able to solve it, right? And so that's, that's, that's the combination that, that we're looking for. When you invest in early stage, there are a lot of, a lot of pressing issues that the entrepreneurs will not have great answers to, and that's, that's fine. They just, they're at the beginning of their journey, but that's where you know, their domain expertise, their background, their ability to eventually provide confidence to the investors, that eventually gets us excited and want to partner with them for the long run. Makes a lot of sense. That's fascinating. Offers, thank you so much for your time. That was a really interesting chat and, and really helpful to understand a bit more about the venture capital space and hopefully some well current or future entrepreneurs learn a thing or two as well. Thank you very much, Ricky. I, I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSec, Ricky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe be a guest and then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.